Oh, I couldn't wait to come to church today. Uh, do you know why? Will somebody ask, say, do you know why? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I heard from the Lord what to preach. Isn't that amazing? Because I know we've been doing this following Christ series, and today is the last of the series. But it's going to be a powerful series because God has prepared this for you. Because I was preparing uh, this sermon from before, take my yoke, it is easy, my burden is light. So I've been preparing for this. But on Friday, yes, on Friday, you know your pastor, I often told you my dreams and visions. I was talking in my vision, praying to God, and say, open Matthew 11 and preach from Matthew 11, right? So early morning I got up, and I read Matthew 11, and it's been the same chapter and verse that I've been preparing. It's, I was in a different place. And I'm very excited today to preach from Matthew 11. So today, the preaching is going to be a little bit different. Okay, It may be a little bit deeper for some. Um, and I want you to take notes. I want you to take notes because this is really going to be important for your life. Um, and, and, and stay with us because if your mind starts wandering you may, lose, you may lose the thought you may get off the rail and say oh where was I so let's be together however long it takes today right? there is no time limit today for the sermon um, if you have to go somewhere just get up quietly and walk out right? uh, it's okay but we'll finish the word of God today so what am I preaching Preaching from when Jesus said, deny yourself and take up the cross and follow me, right? In Mark, in the Gospel of Mark. I want to preach that word from Jesus from Matthew 11 when he says, um, Matthew 11, uh, 19 to 20. Let me read it for you here. Matthew eleven nineteen 19 to um, 20. Am I in the right? Yes. Yes. Twenty-nine thirty. Right. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right. In order to follow. In order to deny yourself, you take up your cross and follow Christ Jesus daily. You need to take the yoke of Christ. That's what I'm going to preach today. Okay? So let's preach this together. The first word that is here is take my yoke. Right. Now what is a yoke? Now we have... Um, and we have, we have, you have heard that the yoke is this wooden uh, holder that is put around the neck of an animal and uh, it is harnessed uh, to a plow or a cart or so you can control where the animal goes. We, we know this. Many of you are not farmers, so you probably haven't seen a yoke before. When I was young, I used to work uh, in the rice paddy field 
because rice is our stable food, and I see a lot of animals being yoked and plowing the paddy field and going behind them or sitting on the plow and going together. So I know what Christ was talking about, right? So sometimes we stop thinking about, oh, that's the yoke. I need to be yoked. No, there is much, much deeper than this, okay? So here it is. Now, what is a yoke? A yoke, this is a yoke. In Hebrew words, a school is a yoke, okay? So the rabbi used the school as a yoke. In Greek, school is leisure. It's different. Okay, this is a yoke. So, then what is the yoke means? This rabbi has the authority to interpret and give a new teaching to his disciples. So if there are 11, 12 disciples or more, it is this rabbi that gives the interpretation of that teaching and the disciples will teach to the community what the rabbi interprets from the Torah or the Mishnah interpretation. um, And then that is the yoke. That is the yoke. You are yoked to the teaching of the rabbi, so you teach whatever he taught you. That's the yoke. Right? So if, uh, I want you to get away from the mental picture of uh, the wooden thing around the neck of an animal and coming to the yoke of the rabbi. Right. Okay, so more here. Some of you probably have heard this semika. Is, this is the authority. They are not all rabbis that have the semika, right? What is the semika? The semika is that you have the power to heal. You have the power to drive out demons. You have the power to do wonderful signs and wonders. It is the power to bless and to curse. You have the power to bless and to curse, right? And it is for power to say, for example, it is written. You, you have heard that it's written, but I tell you that. Right? This is the semika. So when Jesus was teaching, people come and say, Where did you get this authority? Who gave you this authority? The gospel in Luke and Mark talks about this. It, they want to know where t- Jesus got this semika. Okay? Because Matthew 11 is about Jesus establishing as the true rabbi so that we can be yoked to his teaching. Right? Okay? Um, now, so, where, how did he get the Samika? So when the Pharisees were asking Christ, all right, um, uh, on whose authority did you got this? Then he would say, where do you think John got his authority? Where does his baptism come from? It is from heaven? Or is it from somewhere else, right? They're, they're asking back where the authority comes from. Or, for example, when the, uh, uh, the rich, the, no, the lawyer came and said, what is the greatest commandment? They want to know his interpretation of what the great commandment, they want to catch him actually, right? And they say, of course, the greatest commandment is love God and then love your neighbor. That's his interpretation. Love God from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And he added, you got to love your neighbors as yourself. On all this on these two, all the laws and the prophets, they hang. Because why? Because they, he has the authority to interpret and to give new meaning to the word of God. Because he is from God. 
He's establishing that he is the true rabbi. Are you following me? It means that we can be yoked to his teaching. We go to the school of Christ and become his disciples and we interpret what he has taught us. Not our own interpretation, not our own word, but what the master has taught us. Right? Who confirms this? That he has the Semika to confirmation. Do you remember in John chapter 1 when Christ was coming and John the Baptist saw when Jesus came, what did he say? Behold, the Lamb of God is coming. Right? This is the one that I've been talking to you about. Okay, and then when he was baptized, what happened? The heaven opened and there was a voice loud and clear and said, This is my beloved. And these are the proof of the two Semika. The authority that came upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That when they asked him, where did your authority come from? He is saying, my authority comes from God. Who was the witness? John was the witness. Who was John? John was one of the greatest prophets. He was a rabbi. In fact, in John chapter 1, the delegation from the Levites and the priests in Jerusalem sent him to investigate his credentials and ask him, John... What power? Where, where, did you, where did you get all this power to do? Where are you from? And he said, I'm not the Christ. But they know that he was a rabbi. He was a prophet. So it is very important for us to know where the authority comes from. As a disciples of Christ. Where did where, where is your authority? Where does the authority come from? So he will say then, uh, you have heard in the old that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Then what did he say? But if somebody slaps you on the right cheek, oops, you right? Turn him the other cheek. If anybody asks you for your shirt, give him your coat also, right? If somebody asks you, to walk for a mile, I tell you to walk an extra mile. It is because he has the authority to interpret the word of God. He is establishing that he is the rabbi in Matthew 11. This is very, very significant time in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ to establish this for his believer and for the world. This is absolutely changing in the landscape for our church history and faith tradition. Now, why am I saying this? Because if you don't know where your authority comes from, you're not going to make any impact in the life, in the community that you live, in the world that you are. Right? So Christ would say, all authority has been given to me. Right? And now, you go in my name. I mean, do you know that? Do you know the semicha, the authority that God has laid on Christ? That authority is passed down to us as disciples, not to do our own things, but to teach what he has taught us. Are we clear on that? Okay. Any question? You can ask question today. Okay. I want you to ask question today because I want this to be very clear. This is foundational as a disciple and followers of Jesus Christ. If we get this wrong, this is where our self-esteem is low. We can't face uh, the devil, the power of the principalities, and we withdraw from it. I mean, we are far more powerful 
than the power of the principalities. I want to establish that today. This is very, very significant time for our church. Okay? Right? So, now, so take my yoke. Now you got, so Jesus is saying, that's why take my yoke means become my disciple, interpret my teaching to the people. This is what Christ says in Matthew 28. Right? In Matthew 28, say, go and baptize. Go make disciples, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to observe everything I have taught you. That is taking the yoke of Christ to teach and observe what He has taught you. Now we're clear, right? See, you got that. Now you got that. Now, let's go to the next one. So take my yoke now, it's learn from me. Why should we learn from Christ? I want to tell you this, Christ went to school. He, he's not some, um, uh, it's not a lazy guy that loafed around and did nothing. He went to school. When a child turns five years old, you started learning the scripture, right? At five years old, you started learning the scripture. Now you continue to learn, uh, and who taught the scripture? It's the father normally that teaches at home. So that will be Joseph. Okay? So at 12, then you fulfill the commandment. 13, you become an adult. That's the bar mitzvah, right? After that, at 15 years old, you started interpreting the Mishnah, right? At 18, you enter the the bride chamber. You're going to get married. 20, you chose the vocation and you... You become a rabbi or you become a carpenter. See? This is uh, it's, it, the education system in Galilee at that time is very structured. It's not an easy thing. In, in fact, you, to become a rabbi, you have to be an apprentice for 10 years under somebody, under a rabbi. Okay? So, did Jesus do all these things? Yes, we know. We know this. Uh, Luke talks about he grew in wisdom. It means he's been learning as a boy. Why? At 12, where did he go? He went to the temple. You know that. He fulfilled the commandment, right? And then he went into discussing with the priests and talking about the scripture, Old Testament. This is interpretation, right? Uh, And then later on, he went into public ministry at 30. Because that's the time you can go into public ministry as a rabbi. Oh, did he sit under anybody? Well, he had his association with John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was a great prophet. They have met. And when he talks about where does your authority come from, he used the name John the Baptist. And he said, there's somebody that will, that's going to prepare my way. Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. There will be someone that will come prepare the way. And that Lord, the King of Kings, is going to come to the temple. Did Christ come to the temple? Yes, He went into the temple on Palm Sunday. Was John the Baptist? Did He prepare for the coming of the Lord? Yes, John chapter 1. I am not the light. I am the representation of the light. I am the witness of the light. The one that is greater than me is coming. And when he saw Christ, behold the Lamb of God. Do you see this? See? Do you see how this is not just some coincidence? That our faith is just put together roughly and say, here, take it. It has historical sequence 
It is well structured, well ordered. The order, the order of it is it's amazing. The fulfillment of it, what the Lord has spoken. So you learn from Christ. Right? You learn from Christ. Now um, when you look at here, another one is remes. I want to speak about this. Okay, because we are learning from Christ. We want to be a disciple of Christ and teach like He has taught us. So remes means hint. It's a hint. Okay. When people come and ask questions, normally you will find that Jesus would say something back. It's a question or a story to answer the question, right? And the rabbis used this way of teaching at that time. It means that the hero would deduce the meaning from the story or from the narrative. Okay. Now, I know that's kind of hard for our context because you want me to give one giveaway. Right? Pastor, what's your giveaway about that sermon? I'm telling you today, there is no, there is no takeaway. Alright? You deduce your own self. And see where God is leading you. Well, one story, of course, take the yoke of Christ. To carry the cross means to take the yoke of Christ. So, let's say, let's go back to um, Palm Sunday. Let's go back to Palm Sunday. You remember that the, not everyone was happy. There were some people that were angry and indignant was the word. Who were they? It's the religious leaders. They were indignant that the children were saying, Hosanna, son of David. Save us, right? And what was the response of Jesus? He said, even if the, if, uh, out of the mouths of the babes, praises, perfected, right? That's from Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. Okay? Psalms chapter 8, verse 2. Let me read it for you here. Psalms chapter... Now, there is a hint. There is a hint there that I want to point out this. Because Christ used this remiss to talk about and why why were the uh, religious leaders upset it's because of this Psalms 8 verse 2 here we are let me read for you out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength praise is perfected in other uh, translation that is not it. There is more here. Because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. What is Christ giving a hint? He is giving a hint that the priest and the religious leaders were the enemy of God. It's the remiss. Do they like it? No, they did not like it. But they got it. Because they know the scripture. Right? Let's go back to the story of Zacchaeus. When he saw Zacchaeus up there on the tree, uh, what did Christ say? Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house. And today, salvation has come to your house. The sons of Abraham, right? Okay. That is the remiss. So what is the hint? Three hints. One, to the people, he is declaring that I am the Messiah, right? To Zacchaeus, what was he saying? That you were lost, I have come to save you. I love you, Zacchaeus. I'm here for you. 
I have come to seek and save that was lost, right? Now, to the religious leaders, what was he saying? See, that is the hint that we miss. It, you go back to Ezekiel 34. It's saying, you were supposed to be the shepherd of Zacchaeus. You were supposed to be the shepherd of the people, but instead of taking care of the sheep, you have fattened yourself. That's how it started, Ezekiel 34. You have, you have just you have fed yourself. You have fattened yourself. You're not doing your job that I've called you to do. But I've come as a good shepherd, and I've come to seek that was, which was lost. And he gave the parable of going after the one lost sheep. Do you get that? See? So, one, Sameka, the way of teaching, making people to deduce what was happening at that time, the remes, the hint. All these are possible because of the learning of Christ. Christ memorized the Old Testament and the Scripture. He studied diligently. He knows the Word. He is well-versed in the Word of God. Now, my friends, you cannot teach in authority. You cannot use the hint if you don't know the Scripture. See? You You can't teach to the world. And you can't throw out the inspired Word of God to their ideology and intelligent dialogue if we don't know the Word of God. So in order to be yoked to Christ and to become a disciple of Christ, then what do we need to know? We need to know His Word. What He has said, what He has taught. Absolutely important for Santa Clara First Baptist Church. There. Bible is not optional in following Christ. This is the absolute prerequisite to become a follower of Jesus Christ. Are we okay? I know, I know that this is kind of not one of those hoorah exciting sermon, right? I mean, if you feel a little poking here and there, it's good. He died for us. He died for us. He was hung on the cross. He was speared. He was nailed. He was crowned. It was a horrible pain that he went through because he was committed to the church and he gave his life. And who is the church? It's you and I. And we got to know the power of his resurrection. We got to know the meaning of the crucifixion, that there is no remission of the sin. There is no repentance without the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us on the cross of Calvary. And there is no salvation in heaven and on earth except in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to know that. Okay, any question? Right? I mean, we, we want to change the world, isn't it? I mean, you want to change your community. You know, this is where we're going to start. Unless you know your authority, you can't change the world. I mean, unless you know the source of the power, how are you going to change the world? Right? Okay, so we're getting very serious here, right? Um, shall I move on? Okay. Middle row, I'm moving on. (laughs) 
The next one is, I am gentle. Right? I am gentle. Okay. So, the yoke is not a very flattering word. It actually, yoke is not good. In Deuteronomy uh, 28 and verse 48, right? Uh, the yogis talk about as the iron, the iron in your neck. It, it's a symbol of oppression. Okay? It's a symbol of oppression. Of, uh, and when you go to First King uh, chapter 12, um, when Solomon have died and his son Rehoboam uh, succeeded him, uh, the elders advised him, oh, your father has given heavy text to the people, so don't do. You know, in order to uh, relieve the people, give them lesser tax. Uh, did he listen? He didn't listen. He, Rehoboam said to the people, Hey, people of Israel, my small finger is thicker than the waist of my father. That's what he said. Right? And if he gave you more tax, I will add double heavier on it. And he used whipped on you, I'm going to use skirts on you. It's a symbol of slavery and high taxes. Okay? Why would Christ use this metaphor? See? But when you go to Jeremiah 5, verse 5, it's also freedom that I am loose from the yoke of oppression and slavery. Right? And Christ is using the terminology that He is the one that is going to give freedom to all of us. And how will He do that? I am gentle. He doesn't come as a... He didn't come as a gladiator, you see? At that time... I mean, if he had been a gladiator, oh, people will come in the arena and say, whoa, Jesus, yeah, you know, kill them, kill them. Up or down, right? He didn't come. He didn't come as a demagogue. He wasn't a political leader. He didn't come to usurp the throne. In fact, when they wanted him to become king, what did he do? He withdrew quietly away. He wasn't seeking for popularity. He wasn't self-seeking. He was gentle. He came as a lamb. See? He came as a lamb. He didn't use the lash. What did he use? He used love. See? He didn't use the scourge. What did he use? He sacrificed. He wasn't greedy. What did he use? He used grace. That's the reason why he is gentle. He was radically different from the leaders. In fact, he was radically different from the Pharisees who were known as hypocrites. And he said, I, I am gentle. It means it reveals the heart of Christ. It reveals the heart of Christ. What this gentleness mean? It means that um, even if you speed on me, you misunderstood, so I will forgive you. Even if you put a thorn of crown on me, it's because you understood I'm going to forgive you. Even if you whip me, even if you mock me, even if you laughed at me, I am going to forgive you. I'm not going to repay evil for evil. That is gentleness. And he's saying, take my yoke. Learn from me because I'm gentle. I am forgiving. I am compassionate. Are we getting there? Yes? Yes. Oh, this is absolutely important for us. It reveals the heart of Christ. Then we have to have the heart of Christ. 
in order to be his disciple. Then the next one is, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. What does that mean? It means that God is going to accept the lowly of the lowliest. He will accept the poor. He will accept the marginalized. He will accept those who are outcast. He will welcome the lepers. He will heal the lame. He will heal the blind. He will empower women. He will empower the weak. Lowly in heart. Are we getting the picture, full picture of the disciple of Christ now? To sit under the yoke, to be yoked with Christ and take the yoke of Christ. And you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. Oh, here. Um, there are two kinds of rest. I want to talk about this. Okay? So, in Matthew um, 11, uh, I want to read this for you. Most, we think that, uh, uh, we, we, we normally think that when I work hard Monday to Friday or Saturday, and I'm so tired, I have been exhausted, so I'm going to need rest. Isn't that what we normally think? Right? Is it just me or including you? Okay. That's not what Christ is saying. It's the other way. Here, let me read for you. It says in verse 28. This is before 29. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. You go to work after you are rested first. See? In Christ's economy, in Christ's kingdom, you must find rest first in order to go to work. So there are two kinds of rest. What is the first rest? It's the rest of believing in Jesus, that He is the Son of God. That's the first rest. And the second rest is for your soul. Let me explain this for you. Right? Um... So, the rest for your mind, what is the rest for your mind looks like? Okay. It means that there is security on what you believe. Okay? It is not, this is the truth. That's the rest of the mind. So you're not sitting up every night and say, Oh, the white can turn to black tomorrow. You know, the black can turn to gray. Nothing is... Absolute. It's fluid. Situations are fluid. I can't, I can't believe the world will change. It's changing every day. Well, the rest that Christ gives to us is that He is the truth and that's not going to change. That's the rest He's talking about to your mind. Okay? Right? Okay. Then, uh, the rest to your conscience. Not the mind, but your conscience is what? Is forgiveness. Is forgiveness that you are pardoned. That your sins can be forgiven if, even if you have done bad things in your life and you feel like, oh, I can't fix this. I'm, I'm totally a mess. I'm telling you, God's love is greater than your mistakes. Amen. Right? Did you hear that? God's love is greater than your mistakes. Yes. That is the rest that He gives to your conscience. Okay, what else, Pastor? Uh, what are we missing? The heart. Right? What is the rest in the heart? 
It's the satisfaction of the love of God. That you receive the love of God no matter where you have been. No matter what you have done. He loves you and you can start over again. See, that's the rest. Do you like that rest? Oh, I love that rest. I mean, I absolutely love that rest. Okay, what are we missing? The soul. What is the rest for the soul looks like? It means assurance of victory. When temptation comes, your soul and the spirit has no recourse, no way to fend off the temptation that comes to the soul and the spirit if we are not yoked to Christ. Because Christ was tempted in every way and He overcame all the temptation. So when we are yoked with Christ, our soul is assured of victory. Come on guys, victory. Yes. Who doesn't like that? I mean, this is what Christ offers. Right? This is so foundational to live a healthy quality life. Two kinds of rest. Anyone restless this morning? Anxious? Hurting? And you're thinking, what am I going to do? One condition. Come. Come to me. Christ said, come to me. And all these things are yours. But to come to Christ, we make it so hard. Is it really enough? Is that going to do it? I mean, I got to add something. I mean, I have to do something more. Is that really what I'm supposed to do? So because of that, you can't come. Because you feel like you have to add to the finished work on the cross. You feel like you have to finish more to the resurrection of Christ. You feel like you have to finish more to His teachings and commandments and commissions. And you say, that's not enough. I got to have the Louis commandment, the Louis commission, the Louis got to die. Well, He will not rise again, I'm telling you. <laughs> but in spirit, when the Christ comes, I will rise again. Bodily resurrection, right? Because of who Christ is and what He has done for us. But he says, come to me on one condition. And then you will find rest. Soul rest. Salvation rest. And these are offered to you. Because my burden is light. And my yoke is easy. Easy is not a good translation in English. It means my yoke is kind. Is the word in Greek. My yoke is gentle. It's the word in Greek. It's not easy. We think like, oh, easy, busy. No. It's kindness. It's gentleness. The yoke is gentle on your neck. Because put your, put your neck in the yoke of Christ and He will instruct to your soul. That's the picture. When you yoke with Christ, the instruction comes to your soul. And when your soul and the inner person is strengthened, what happens to you? You feel the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes? Yes, that's what it is. So, how many of us are willing to come to Christ this morning? I'm going to ask the worship man to come, uh, and let's get ready uh, to praise and worship God. Take my yoke.
and learn from me. For I am gentle, lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Please go home and read Matthew 11. Matthew 11 is Christ's argument that he is the true rabbi, that he is the true Messiah. And he fulfilled the law by all this argument about what they are asking for, for the qualification of whether he is a rabbi or not. Perfect, perfect answer from our master. Amazing, amazing. And to us, he's saying, come, follow me. Our leaders are going to be here. We want to pray for you. I want to pray if you're heavy laden today. If you have burdens, don't carry it alone. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed. We need together. I can't do this on my own. I need you too. So just come and share your burden. We'll pray for you that Christ will lift it up. If you don't know how, let me help you. And say, hey, this is how you can be yoked with Christ. His yoke is kind, gentle, and easy. I know that in the beginning, when you yoke with Christ, you may feel uncomfortable in the beginning. It's normally the case, right? Oh, what is this? But you will find that as you yoke with Him daily, it gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. It tastes like honey. That's the word. It gets sweeter. Let's be on our feet. Father, as we sing this song, May the Spirit gently fall on us. May we all feel the yoke of Christ. May we feel the gentleness and kindness of Christ. And may the yoke get sweeter and sweeter, Lord. Those who are heavy laden, those who are restless in heart, restless in mind, we want to pray for them today. Uh, Bring them to your presence. Let them take the courage to come. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.